0: Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information, brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com.
1: Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, castlerock-petenwell.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, Wisconsin Purple Martin Association President Les Rhimes invites us to MartinFest next weekend at Marsh Haven Nature Center. And we'll talk with Robert Pickford, visiting from Scotland, about his first experience fishing in America. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, on our podcast, also on Lakelink and iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again is pro angler Duffy Cup. Well, Duffy, I haven't spoken with you in a couple of weeks. Have you been fishing?
2: I have been fishing, and fishing pretty hard.
1: All right, and how are you doing?
2: Well, last week I was, I was up uh, at Winnicottie for four days uh, working the Wolf River. Water level very, very high. You've got the, the no-wake uh, buoys out there, and you can only see about the top four inches of those. Wow. And uh, I'm sure with the latest rain we've had coming through that they may be underwater now. I don't know. The bite was not great, but it was fun. I had my brother come up, and we got to it. My son came up, and we got after that. We fished hard. We just never really found anything that we can uh, brag about on the show here.
1: (laughs) Okay. You were after walleyes or bass?
2: Whatever we were going to get, I found one area where we caught some pike, and then my my son caught a real nice bass on there. Uh, Those J.B. were uh, spinnerbaits. And, of course, the sheephead were very prolific.
1: Oh, they're usually Uh, cooperative. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it was, it was amazing and it was, uh, the weather was, we've had this discussion now for about the last month and a half. Fish like consistency and we certainly haven't had any of that, including today. We're recording this and it's hotter and blazes outside. So, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: They do that. So if it, if it stays kind of warm and a little bit breezy, the fish will like that. Try to stay away from days when the, the sun's out all day, then, then early and late are your best bets. That, that body of water up there from Winnebago on up to, uh, towards Fremont, if you utilize the whole thing, it's really a fun place to fish. It's, it's like a big chess game all the time. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And, and the fish move, don't it, they? I mean, the walleyes especially. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it rained all day on Wednesday. We stayed <laughs> yeah. out all day and we fished in it. Yeah. And, you know, I've got a good rain suit. I never got wet. Yeah. But boy, you don't, you don't feel very good uh, about being outside all day on something like that. And you need to go in and take a hot shower because it was, it was cold. And then we were looking forward to the next morning because the weather station said going to be a nice sunny day, except early in the morning. Mm. We were out on the water by five thirty mm-hmm. and we were working some of the cane beds out there and. It was cold and it was windy. I actually put on a pair of gloves for about an hour and a half. Mm. Uh, wow. Sun finally came out at 10 o'clock and then the day, the day was halfway decent. Now, I keep battling away. Uh, fishing can be a grind. Uh, that's nothing new to me. Last Saturday, we had the Wisconsin Muskie Championship for Youth in Wisconsin. And we were on the water all day. And, of course, another really. It was cold. It was windy. uh No muskies were caught again. Oh, boy. I mean, you got all kids fishing. No adults were fishing. Yeah. But still, you think you'd get a kid. There's a couple of kids that are pretty experienced. You'd think they'd luck into one once in a while, but nothing happened. So the prizes were given out for the biggest northerns that were caught.
1: Yeah. At least northerns usually cooperate.
2: Yeah, they can. Unfortunately, right now, I've... I've got to try to run into a big one once in a while, or my reputation's going to dissolve.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, what's the story on Mendota now?
2: Mendota right now is pretty much trying to make that transition from from spring to summer. If you find areas that have a light colored bottom and relatively shallow water, whether you're on Mendota or any of the other lakes, you can find bluegills that are that are spawning. And if you're in the right area, you can find some decent ones. There's a lot of small ones, but there's decent ones out there, too, especially on Mendota. There's not a lot of the big bull bluegills out there, but if you can find five or six of those, there's some giants out there. Yeah. So that's good. I know guys early and late again are, are running into some walleyes. Guessing that they're running into some walleyes uh, on Monona also. There's some areas there. Probably, you know, later in the day, a slip barber on the weed edge. Weed edge has become even more important this time of the year. Bass can be just about anywhere. They've been done spawning, and, you know, if you're out there, look for shade. That's why if, if people always wonder why they're doing docks and stuff like that when they watch the, the shows on TV, it's because yeah. of the shade. Yeah. And if you can take advantage of that, better yet, if there is a dock and then a pontoon boat parked right next to it, and without Having your jig hit anything on that boat or anything so you're not ringing a dinner bell, that can be a pretty productive area. And there's a whole wide variety of uh, different baits that you can throw in there. It doesn't have to be real fancy. Once you throw it in there, you give it a couple of pops with your rod tip. If there's a fish there, they're, they're going to take it. So that, that's kind of a fun way to fish.
1: Yeah, it always surprises me how readily a bass will grab, say, a plastic worm or a jig in a and plastic or jig and pig under a dock. I mean, they've got to have seen dozens of baits, but maybe not. Maybe they move in and and out, and it's a new bass. But, I mean, you know, you you can catch three, four-pound bass under docks.
2: The thing I've had the most success with over the years uh, is a tube Mm -hmm. or uh, sometimes a wacky rig like a a six-inch plastic worm,
1: Senko or something like that.
2: Yeah, Berkeley makes uh, what they call power bait Max scent. Okay. That stuff is tremendous.
1: Uh-huh. All right. Other lakes? Uh, Wabisa?
2: Wabisa? Much closer to summer right now just because of water temperature. Early and late again, if you have a day like I'm looking outside the window right now with that high sky and, and uh, high pressure out there, you're going you're gonna to struggle a little bit. you really got to hustle if you're going to uh, catch some fish. Sometimes on days like this, trolling. Sometimes I'll go out and I don't start fishing right away. I will I will drive around and see if I can, especially on Wabisa, if you can find some bait balls out in that deeper water, over 30, 35 feet of water, that's good areas to work. And trolling will usually do it. If I'm looking for muskies and I see those bait balls, I will actually uh, spot lock it right there and I will fan cast the area. Yeah, Because it might be 35 feet deep, but those, those fish could be ten feet they could be at five feet
1: yeah yeah so okay well Kiganza that's um you know down the chain anything there
2: uh, I haven't heard anything on Kiganza
1: those guys are pretty quiet who fish that lake
2: yeah I don't know because I have not fished it very often so I can't say i I know a whole lot about that lake. Every once in a while, the report from DNS will have something on there about it, but I certainly don't know enough about it to uh, talk about it on the radio.
1: Got it. Okay. You hear anything from Kashkenong? I mean, that's way down the chain. No. No. Okay. Nope. Lake Wisconsin.
2: Lake Wisconsin. Right now, they're definitely in uh, summer pattern. Yeah. With that, if you're if you're looking for walleye, you know, in the middle of the day is going to be tough. But the guys with live bait. If they're willing to move around a little bit, usually they can find something. I know that uh, guys up in uh, Sunset Bay and everything there's been a couple of guys up that have been up there that uh, are getting into the bluegills really well. I, I don't know if they have to move around a lot to find those, but again, weed edges is, uh, is, the, is the thing uh, to work. And if you're looking for something else, if you can find a, a deep hole or something like that, then a, a slip bottle with a with a leech on it, I mean, just about anything will bite on that.
1: Yep, yep. Well, we're almost out of time here. Any events coming up?
2: Well, I am, uh, leaving Sunday for eight days up in northern Wisconsin, including the Capital City, uh, tournament up on, up in Sawyer County. The public is invited to that. They'll go to, uh, CapitalCityMuskiesInc.com and, uh, look up the details on that. It really is uh, a lot of fun with all the different lakes that are in Sawyer County. You should be able to find one with a few muskets.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, Duffy, thanks so much for that report. Uh, we will catch up with you in a couple of weeks.
2: All right, Dan. We'll see
1: you. You bet. Duffy Cup with the Madison Report. I'm Dan Small. More outdoors radio right after this.
3: Get outside and let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the exploreflorencecounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip.
4: Castle Rock and Well are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Neceda National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock pedenwellcom or on Facebook at Castle
5: Rock Petonwell Lakes Association.
1: If you are ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit com. And all eleven offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business. well, joining me once again from his home in Wisconsin Rapids is Jeff Kellum. between tournaments as usual this month.
4: oh, yeah, lots of tournaments in the month of June, and uh you know it's it's just part of the part of the job,
1: yeah, yeah, so last weekend though that was a biggie walleye weekend in Fond du Lac. How did that go?
4: 282 teams. It went well. Um, there was a uh, uh, pretty good weather for the anglers, as far as uh, as far as enjoying time in the boat. But I think the anglers would have liked to see a little more stable weather pattern for fishing wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the winning team pulled out just about 30 pounds of fish out of two days of fishing. It's Brad Vetter and John Bo- John Bodecker from Camelsport and Allentown, and uh, 29 pounds four ounces beat second place uh second place had 28 pounds 11 ounces so Ooh. uh close race but um uh they take home the the prize uh the lund prize boat with the mercury uh 150 on the back and five thousand dollars cash
1: not bad not bad mm-hmm. now that's a pretty good bag that's two days is that 10 walleyes per day or that's five walleyes per day five um, per day. Yep.
4: yep five per day uh yeah you know uh, uh, Keith Cavias and um, Dale Stroshine were the MCs, and they were talking about how it used to take between 32 and 36 pounds to win this event, and uh, it has considerably, dramatically dropped over the course of the last uh, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I don't know if you know, we're we're only a few years into the size limit um that's uh been imposed or the three fish limit rather not the size limit but the three fish limit that's been imposed on the winnebago system um don't know if that'll change anything as we go along and get into some of the older year classes or uh, i think a lot of the anglers on that system are still pushing for a size limit a true size limit probably even a slot limit on that system to see Uh the overall size increase
1: well, and still, this is a far cry from Green Bay where you had about double that weight uh, for a tournament.
4: Yeah, it's uh, not even close. I mean, 29 pounds, we saw that. Uh, you you wouldn't even cash a check, um, bring in one day total of 29 pounds
1: in Green yeah. Bay. Yeah. And why is that?
4: You know, the forage is different. I mean, Green Bay has uh, just ample opportunities for fish to get away um, as far as uh, – Fishing pressure, Um, there's just so many more places. I think the fish in Green Bay are a little bit more transient. Um, They'll they'll travel more. Uh, They tend to evade being caught more. Winnebago is, I mean, it's full of fish. And um, I think depending on what the shad bite is or what the shad population is, it really depends on how bitey they are. I think a lot of those fish get caught multiple times in their life, and I just think they're a little stressed.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, they they do have shad, but they don't have uh, whitefish, and I don't know what other forage species Green Bay and Lake Michigan have.
4: Sure, alewives, and uh, I mean, you know, they both have perch to chase. Um, They both like eating sheep's head, and there's plenty of both of those in the you know uh, plenty of those in both the systems. Yep. Um, But you know, Winnebago gets much warmer than um, uh, than the bay of green bay and although i think you could say in some places that would increase their growth rate i do think it adds a lot of stress to the fish mm-hmm. um and, uh, in certain instances you know winnebago becomes a bit of a bit of a pea soup factory and i think some of those fish <laughs> find their way into some cleaner water in uh, into the river systems. That
1: yeah actually. a pea soup in a bathtub actually yeah 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 well and where are you going this weekend
4: uh, Skoda, Michigan, which is on the shores of Lake Huron. Yep, uh, we'll be going over there for a dual event with the Masters Walleye Circuit and the Michigan Walleye Tour. Uh, sounds like we'll have approximately 110, 115 boats uh, total going out this weekend. Going to be uh, fun to see what Lake Huron can do at this time of year. Fish should be relatively close to where we're launching, and uh, I would say I would say top weight each day will probably be around 25 pounds. I think we'll see about. 45 to 50 pounds on the scale uh, at the end of the weekend to win.
1: Now, those anglers can't make it down into the upper end of Green Bay, can they, to uh, to fish?
4: Well, they could if they, I mean, that's, that's a long haul, but they yeah. could. Um, they do not have to stay. They could lock up through the Sioux, uh, or, or go, I'm sorry, go up past the uh, uh, Straits. But yeah. Um, well, I don't think you're going to see see them go up there. I think you'll see some go uh, past that point and actually head closer to uh, uh, Sault Ste. Marie. Not quite to Sault Ste. Marie, but yeah. up that way. Most of them will go to Alpena, and others will go over to Port Austin on the other side of uh, Saginaw Bay.
1: All right. Well, I've been up in Bayfield uh, pretty much all week. My brother Mike flew in uh, early last week and we fished our way north and uh, we might as well have just driven north. It was great to get on the water with him, but the weather just was not cooperative. Uh, we had uh, two post-cold front days and you know what that's like uh, for walleye's and, and muskies in particular. We fished the Chippewa River uh, below the Wasota Dam with some intel from uh, friends who are up that way and uh, jordan weeks who's a biologist who also is a big musky fisherman he's originally from that area and we were with dave roll our videographer for the deer hunt show and dave wisely opted to fish for smallmouths and he caught a few uh, nothing big but he caught a few bass and we did not raise a musky And we stayed with uh, Dave and his wife, Ronnie, at their Basswood Chalet B&B, which is a lovely place. And folks who are looking for a place to get away and very reasonable place to stay for a night or a weekend, they might uh, check that out. Basswood Chalet in the New Auburn area. And then the next day, Mike and I fished Amakoy Lake, which John and I had fished last year. And let's see, we fished there for about three hours in the morning, not a single hint of a fish. And then we uh had lunch in Bruce at one of the several eateries there and drove on up to Day Lake, which is in Ashland County, southern Ashland County. And it's a it's known as a numbers lake. An action lake. Well, <laughs> right off the dock. Well, just just after we launched, Mike had a what we call a swing and a miss. He had a a fish swirl on a fly, and we're pretty sure it was a muskie. But that was all the action we had, and we fished there till almost sundown, and then we hustled on up to Bayfield. So it's been. Uh, uh, it's been a great uh, family get together for uh, John and Sally Ann's wedding, and for a chance to meet some uh, family members from the UK, some on her side. And uh, in just a couple of minutes, we'll talk with John's nephew Robert Pickford. He spent two days fishing with me on uh, Lake Superior, about as eventful as our musky trip, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was a good family outing, and. Uh, We'll probably do it again sometime if we can get everybody back up here. Well, we'll also talk with Wisconsin Purple Martin Association President Les Rhines about next Saturday's Martin Fest activities at Marshhaven Nature Center, which is on highway 49 just east of Wapan. All that and more, straight ahead on outdoors radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com.
4: Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Niceta National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petonwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petonwell
5: Lakes Association.
1: Celebrate with the best rods on earth Saturday, June 18th in Park Falls, Wisconsin at St. Croix's annual Customer Appreciation Day. Enjoy seminars with top pros, casting instruction, a free brought lunch, and get amazing deals on St. Croix rods, apparel, and other items. Attend a free concert with Joe Booker and the top raiders at 2 and UMG Nashville singer-songwriter Cassie Ashton at 4. Come celebrate fishing fun and family at St. Croix Rod in Park Falls Saturday, June 18th.
0: Welcome back. To your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Occasionally on Outdoors Radio, we look at upcoming events, and there's an event on Saturday, June 25th, that caught our attention. It's called Martin Fest. We've talked about it in the past, but it's been a couple years. It's held at Marsh Haven Nature Center. You may be familiar with that if you've driven east or west on Highway 49 across the northern end of the Horicon Marsh, and that's about three miles east of Waupun. You can learn more at the website wisconsinpurplemartins.org. And joining us now to talk about MartinFest is Les Rines. He's the president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. And Les, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network.
6: Thanks for having me. You bet. uh, We'll enjoy speaking to you.
1: Yeah, well, now before we get into what's going on at MartinFest, let's talk about the bird first. Tell us about these birds. What, What should we know about them?
2: Purple
6: martins, they've been around for a long time. They're a, a species of swallow that uh, they migrate back to Wisconsin and the northern portion of the uh, states and even to Canada during the summer where they mate up, they pair up, and they uh, have their young, one nest per uh, pair. They winter over in Brazil, so they make a migration of some 8,000 miles or so to get here. They are rather large swallow. They're about seven and a half inches in length very vocal, so uh, many people might remember them and being on uh, old farms. They may recognize these large houses, hotels, or condos that uh, many uh, farm properties would have. And uh, these birds would uh, always be chatterboxes, very vocal, very friendly. They're a very people-oriented bird, but they're an aerial insectivore, so they rely on, number one, insects, flying insects, for their survival. And unfortunately, over the years, their natural habitat, hollowed-out cavities and old oak savannas, has disappeared. So it's a species that relies totally on man for their nesting cavities. Those could be wooden structures, as many people have seen or remember, but they can also be uh, gourds, either natural or uh, man-made gourds in racks. Purple martins uh, are not singular nesters, but they're colonial nesters or colony nesters. They, they enjoy each other's company as well, so and you might see uh, colonies that have one house or you might see colonies that have multiple housing combination of houses as well as gourds. They're a species though, they are a species of se- special concern as they only have one brood per season and they face a lot of obstacles to be successful. Weather related obstacles as they arrive in the early spring back in wisconsin they'll start to arrive the end of march and into early april the adult birds we refer to them as scouts and then they continue to arrive into the state well into uh june birds that were hatched and fledged the previous year they arrive about four to six weeks after the adult birds do but they are uh, fully capable of nesting and rearing uh, a brood as well. So I mentioned they're species of special concern, not only because of weather, but also because of predators and nest site uh, competition. So the uh, English house sparrow as well as the European starling have been some of their primary uh, competition for the nesting cavities. That's a little bit about the bird and, and for uh, landlords that uh, have had Martins in the past, uh, a colony, or um, uh, want to attract them. Uh, it, it's a worthwhile hobby, but it's it's one that requires a little bit of effort to get started and to
2: maintain.
1: Now, if you're going to put up a condo or hotel, first of all, those are pretty substantial. Uh, I've, I've seen them. I've had them on past uh, properties I've lived on. Uh, don't currently have one, they need some open airspace around them, do they not?
6: They do. Unfortunately, they won't fit necessarily fit into a lot of people's backyards in urban areas because of the requirement that they need a room. A preferred site is one that has an open flyway 360 degrees around about uh, anywhere between 40 to 60 feet from tall trees. And one of the major requirements is that it should be located close to uh, a residence or a building where there's a lot of traffic, by people traffic. As I mentioned earlier, they're very people-oriented birds. I think over the years they've begun to rely on man for their help and their survival. So having a colony that's close to a human dwelling is certainly a plus. We don't necessarily put these houses back out into a farm field 200 yards away from the house that's not going to be successful there. Why is that? Well, I think the birds over the years have begun to rely on us for uh, their protection from predators as well as caring for them during their nesting cycle. As an example, the housing, the successful housing that we see and recommend is housing that can be raised and lowered by a mechanical method, typically a winch and pulley system. We pre-build nests for them using pine straw, dry pine straw. We uh, care for them uh, during their nesting cycle and in the early parts of the season when they arrive, we even have taken to uh, what we call supplemental feeding. The birds arrive sometimes ahead of the availability of insects for them and we uh, as landlords have begun supplemental feeding them with crickets uh, mealworms, even scrambled eggs.
1: Okay. <laughs>
6: and we can we can do this by flipping these on, on a uh, plastic spoon up in the air to the birds as they're perched on the uh, perch rods above their housing. It takes a while, but the birds begin to instinctively uh, see it and fly out and grab it. And during real cold spells, inclement weather, even today, it's gray, dreary, and we're in about the second or third day of some rain, the availability of insects uh, is not as great, and these birds will suffer because they're right now they're in the process of egg laying, and so they need the they need the food to maintain their weights, and uh, they need the moisture gained from the insects for egg laying. So, and we offer um, you know these supplemental foods uh, as well as uh, eggshells to uh, help maintain their health, their body weight, and. Help them uh, be able to uh, have a successful uh, hatch.
1: So if um, so if I wanted to help Martins and I had a house uh, Martin condo in my yard, I might scramble some eggs and literally flip them in the air, and these birds will dash out the way swallows feed it, and, yeah, and grab it near. It, in it air.
6: takes a little while, yeah, but that's really what it's all about. We've wow. got uh, a number of landlords in Wisconsin as well as throughout the country that do just that. And, and into Canada as well. Interesting. Now, the scrambled eggs, obviously, is not like we would prepare for human consumption. We we have to leave out the spices and the butter and, sure. and all the sure. good stuff. But, you know, we very basic just uh, whip up a, an egg, put in a pan, and fry it and and chop it into small little bits that can be easily uh, flipped up into the air. And that's something that we'll talk about at Martin Fest because it's something that all landlords need to know about and uh, how to uh, keep these Martins alive and uh, healthy during periods of inclement weather, okay. whether it be snow-related, ice-related, or long periods
0: of rain.
1: Well, um, Les, we've got to take a break here. Can you stay with us, and uh, we'll come back and continue this conversation? It's very interesting. I
0: certainly
6: can.
1: I'm talking with Les Rines. He's the president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. I'm Dan Small. You're listening to Outdoors Radio and we'll be back
2: with more right after this.
0: Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking with Les Rines. He's the president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association. And there's an event coming up on the 25th of this month that's called Martin Fest at Marsh Haven Nature Center on Highway 49, just three miles east of Waupun. It's on the north end of the Horicon Marsh. And Les, we were talking about the fact that sometimes Martins need supplemental feeding when the insects they depend on are not very abundant. I have not read anything recently about insect abundance, but in the last few years, there's been a lot of conversation about the fact that there are fewer insects, probably because of uh, insecticides, pesticides, the widespread use of of those those poisons, Um, fewer insects than there used to be. Is that having an impact on martens or not?
6: Well, it's something that hasn't been definitively answered yet. But I've noticed, as many people have noticed, uh, during the summer months, there have been uh, fewer insects on the vehicle, on the windshields or on the front end of the car as you're driving along, in various spots. Uh, Obviously, in marshes and things like that, it it seems to be insects seem to be more abundant than maybe uh, in urban areas. It is something that has been discussed. As purple martins are aerial insectivores, they rely on insects. They they eat on the fly. They're not the only species that are feeling the pinch, if you would, uh, for food. Depending upon the area of the uh, country or even the state, people will will have a different response. I talked with uh, landlords that uh, have indicated that their birds have had no problem finding available food. They might be living closer to marshes and things like that where uh, larger insects, dragonflies, which is a preferred food source for uh, the purple martins, uh, as well as moths and uh, things like that, they require a larger insect, whereas uh, in contrast to a tree swallow, it's a much tinier insect. They can grab mosquitoes and, and, and other smaller flying insects, but other uh, Landlords have indicated that their martins have had difficulty finding food. So it's not just the insects, but it's, it's a weather related days where we've had a lot of wind, sustained winds, strong winds. These birds have difficult times foraging mm-hmm. because the small insects are able to, you know, escape them or elude them. The availability of food is an issue and it's one that's being studied and talked about for a number of different species, not just the purple martin.
1: So being a swallow they really are specialized feeders. Uh you mentioned they feed on the fly. They're not going yep. to land on the ground and pick up grasshoppers if if they can't catch uh dragonflies or or uh, bumblebees or whatever right. in the air, right?
6: Right. You'll see them on the ground but that's when they're digging or finding nesting materials potentially.
1: Okay. Um, how about mosquitoes? I thought maybe erroneously that they were an effective predator on mosquitoes.
6: It was marketed many years ago uh, as a purple martin can potentially consume up to 2,000 mosquitoes a day. And and they will uh, pursue them if there's nothing else available. And they will uh, pursue them early in the stages when they're just starting to feed the hatchlings, when all these young chicks in the nest can only handle small insects. They'll uh, use that as a food source. But as the chicks grow, they'll seek out much larger insects. And to maintain body weight for an adult bird, they need a much larger um, insect.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about MartinFest now. Saturday the 25th at Marsh Haven Nature Center, uh, 9 yep. a.m. to 4 p.m. So what's going to happen there?
6: Well, we've got a number of different activities planned. Uh, we have... Uh, Dick Nikolai is going to be making uh, the first presentation. He'll talk about purple martin ecology. He'll also uh, cover uh, various housing types that are available and we should consider to uh, have a successful colony. Myself and and other members of the board will be talking about dealing with uh, extreme weather conditions. We'll talk about nest site competition for the housing and also predators, aerial predators, uh, cooper's hawks, as well as ground predators. We're going to have Nancy Bazinga, who's a wildlife disease specialist from the DNR. Okay. And uh, she's going to be there talking about Purple Martin health. Uh-huh. Uh, so with the avian uh, bird flu and things like that, how is that affecting uh, songbirds, especially Purple Martin? Uh-huh. So have a nice tie-in there. We'll talk about maintaining a colony, uh, record-keeping uh, that we need there. Dick Nikolai, again, is going to be conducting a, a banding demonstration so at the uh march haven they have a wonderful martin colony by the way so he'll actually have traps set up and he'll uh, be trapping some of the adult birds and banding them as well as banding the uh, young and uh, the nice thing about it it's an interactive process uh, so we welcome uh, kids at the uh, family friendly event dick likes to get the kids involved in actually handling the birds during the the banding process and being able to do the release or putting the birds back in to the compartments. And um, and then we also, to raise funds to uh, maintain our organization and to uh, promote things, we have a silent auction where we have a number of bird-related and Purple Martin-related items that have been donated to us from various organizations, and, and we put them out into a silent auction.
1: I think it sounds like a really exciting event, and I'm looking at your, your little flyer on it. Food flippers. I can see kids really getting into flipping crickets or scrambled eggs into the air. I'm sorry to keep coming back to that, but yeah. I can't get over that image of tossing the food in the air and having a bird grab it.
6: When you can get a, a colony to do that, it's really successful, huh. and it's a natural thing for the bird instead of uh, landing onto a feeder. And, and getting food that way. Although that is also successful.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. But the
6: flipping seems to be the thing that's instinctive that the birds uh, pick up on.
1: Sure. Okay. Is this a species of concern? They're not threatened or endangered, are they?
6: They're not listed as endangered at this time, but it's a species of special concern. They haven't come back in the numbers into the northern uh, state as robustly as was hoped. They're really a uh, population is, is very well uh, in the southern states, but in the northern states and Canada, we have uh, our numbers are down, and again through a number of different things—weather, nest site competitors, and things like that.
1: Uh huh. Okay. Is there any charge for this event?
6: This is a free event and it's open to the public, and it's encouraged that folks bring their their families. You mentioned uh, again we're at Marshaven Nature Center, which is uh, located on 46 acres. They've got a beautiful set of trails that folks can get out onto. They've got woodland trails, prairie, and wetland, and they've got a nice facility inside, kids things to do, Uh, so it's a really nice facility. Uh, And we've got um, uh, lunch, uh, food for purchase between the hours of 11 and 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, additional uh, things at the uh, front counter for purchase throughout the day.
1: All right. Well Les, thanks so much for sharing all this information about the Purple Martin and your event. Uh it sounds like a wonderful time for families and folks who are birders or just interested in helping a species that could use more of our help. So thank you.
6: Well you're welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. Les Rhines, president of the Wisconsin Purple Martin Association, was our guest. The event once again is called Martin Fest. It's going to be held at Marsh Haven Nature Center on Highway 49 east of Waupun, And the website is wisconsinpurplemartins.org. The event is Saturday, June 25th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Celebrate with the best rods on earth Saturday, June 18th in Park Falls, Wisconsin at St. Croix's annual Customer Appreciation Day. Enjoy seminars with top pros, casting instruction, a free brat lunch, and get amazing deals on St. Croix rods, apparel, and other items. Attend a free concert with Joe Booker and the top Raiders at 2 and UMG Nashville singer-songwriter Cassie Ashton at 4. Come celebrate fishing, fun, and family at St. Croix Rod in Park Falls Saturday, June 18th.
3: Get outside and let us be your
1: guide Florence County, Wisconsin
3: Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle seven wild river waterfalls to hike to horse trails with campgrounds and friendly bars and restaurants Go to the exploreflorencecounty.com lodging, dining and recreation tabs to plan your trip
4: Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small. We have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and
1: battery accessory needs. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms makes and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com.
5: The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com.
0: Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I've been spending some time up in Bayfield County with my son John and his wife Sally Ann and a lot of relatives, both from this country and from overseas. One of those relatives from overseas is joining me now. His name is Robert Pickford, and he's here from Scotland. And, Robert, I think this is your first visit to the U.S., is that right? Yeah, it was my first time here. So what do you think of the country, first of all? You drove from Chicago Chicago. to northern Wisconsin. What was your impression?
7: I thought it would be different because it's quite similar to home in some aspects with all the trees and just the way the country goes, really. It's been a really good time being here.
1: Now, you work on a farm, your family owns several farms, and tell us about the kind of farming you do.
7: Uh, so at home, we've got our beef and sheep and 100 acres of arable, so that will be wheat, barley, oats, canola, what we call oilseed rape, so that's about it really at home.
1: And you're quite mechanized, uh, just as we are here.
7: Yep, yep, so we've got tractors, running, well, John Deere tractors, or running the latest John Deere equipment and GPS
1: and yield monitoring. So just as people here can uh, plant a row and then go back over it and fertilize it uh, precisely, you do the
7: same thing? Yep, same thing. And then we'll come in with the combines and we'll work out exactly what areas yielded, how much. So then we can then create um, yield maps, which then we can then make maps of fertilizer application so we can put more nutrients in the places that grow
1: more crops. Now, we went fishing for the last two days. Yep. Unsuccessfully, I will say, uh, Lake Superior is uh, a finicky lake. It's huge. It's deep. We fished the east end of Shawamagan Bay yesterday for walleyes and bass in the shallow area. And you had what we might call a swing and a miss. You had a real close encounter, didn't you?
7: Yep. Yeah, so I got uh, a bite from a walleye. Um, we guessed what 28 inches. We said it at was? least, yeah, yeah. That's um, like my first real fish I've ever caught. I've never done much fishing before, so going out with Dan here, it was quite a quite an experience.
1: But we didn't get the fish in the boat, unfortunately. No, no, that was close. It was. And then today we went out right here off of Bayfield, trolling and casting crankbaits for salmon and trout, and we marked fish, but never had a hit, did we? Nope apart from when I got wrapped up around some old docks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you re- were remarking that the uh the water here is much clearer than it is on the Ashland side.
7: Yes, yeah, so you could so I don't know if that was going to do with the rains or whatever, but when we're out here you could see you could see quite deep into the water and I was surprised at how clear and how deep you could see in the water
1: from the boat. But we didn't see any fish. No. No. So you've been here four or five days, and you're heading back tomorrow? I drive into
7: Chicago this afternoon, and then tomorrow night we fly back to the UK.
1: Okay, and where will you
7: land in the UK? Uh, The flight leaves Chicago, and we'll go to London, and then from London we'll fly to Newcastle, and our farm is halfway between Newcastle and Edinburgh. So it's about seven miles over the border into Scotland. Okay, and describe the land there. What's it like? Quite fertile soils. We grow a lot of vegetables. I would say rolling hills, but not nothing. Nothing really steep. Um, Stony patches, and yes, some steep patches as well. But relatively good soils. Uh, most of it we broken down or worked into potato land. Or the farm I used to work on, we did a lot of broccoli. Where that was worked down and in, into beds, where we could plant broccoli for the fresh
1: and the frozen markets. And that's a very popular crop there.
7: Uh, it's not that common. Um, mainly wheat, wheat and oil mm-hmm. canola would be the most common crops. With a bit of winter barley and some spring oats. Um, but yes, potatoes and potatoes would be the main one of the main crops as
1: well. Okay. And then you raise, uh, as you mentioned, uh, sheep and cattle, and uh, they go to market. Yep,
7: yep. So we've got
1: on our farm we've got uh, sixty
7: uh, Suffolk ewes. Um, that we lamb down, and then we try and get the lambs away to the market in about three, four months, um, fat, so about uh, 45 to 50 kilos, so I don't know what that is in
1: pounds. Uh yeah. <laughs> We'd have to do a quick conversion. That's live weight? That's live weight, yes. Yeah. We butcher at a year and a half or two years because our Shetland and Icelandics mm-hmm. grow more slowly. But I think they're about the same size when uh, when we butcher our animals. And then you butcher some for your own use, don't you?
7: Yes, we do a bit. Uh, so my mum has also done a butchery course. So we do a lot of our own um, beef and, and beef and lamb. Uh, just get someone to come and kill it for us. And then we'll do it in the wintertime when it's cooler. And we'll hang these um, carcasses up in our sheds for as long as we can. And then we'll cut them up and put them in
1: the deep freezer. Now, you said this was your first fishing experience. There's a lot of good fishing in Scotland, but it's not as free and open as it is here in the United States, is it?
7: No. Um, so where I live, I live on the River Tweed, um, which is one of the best uh, freshwater salmon fishing places in the world. Um, but it's quite uh, protected, so you have to go out with a ghillie and you have to basically buy rights. And you're waiting a queue to get... Um,
1: yes, a spot, so if I were to come over to Scotland, could I go fishing with uh, you or with uh, with a guide a gilly there? you'd have to book um, through them and see when their availability is okay, and you might have to wait
7: some time or book far ahead, but I uh, book far ahead. because yeah. I reckon be quite a long queue. there's always people coming over to to fish mm-hmm. um so in the local town, you see them all come in and they stay for um, days really, trying to do some fishing. Mm -hmm. And hunting is even more restricted in Scotland. Yeah, so our guns are much harder to get. So for me to get a gun, a shotgun or a rifle, I need to be police checked. I need to have a gun cabinet bolted to a concrete floor, um, and there's loads of little procedures you need to go through before you can even get hold of any sort of firearm.
1: And then once you have a firearm, hunting is not... Something that you can just walk out and do on public land or even private land, right?
7: I I could do it on private land, but still, there's still quite a few restrictions. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to abide by the rules.
1: And you haven't done that yet? I haven't
7: done that yet because I haven't been able to get my um, firearms licenses.
1: Okay. But you're looking forward to doing that? I'm looking
7: forward to it, yeah. So I have done shooting with um, friends and in New Zealand. So I do, do enjoy a bit of hunting. Um, but
1: unfortunately I haven't been able to do that at home yet. Well, if you come back here in the springtime, <clears throat> we could go turkey hunting. Yeah, I'd love to do that, yeah. And in the fall, we could hunt uh, grouse
7: or pheasants and deer. So pheasant shooting is a big thing with us. So we would put down lots of um game crops, and we would put down birds to put down pheasants. And then in the autumn time, we would then beat them out of the bushes and then they have the guns lined up ready for them
1: and and that's called driven shooting where um, drivers or beaters push the birds toward waiting gunners. Yes, so we have a,
7: a row of gunners at one end of the wood or the great game crop and then we'll have beaters with sticks and dogs start at the opposite end and we just walk through slowly making noise pushing all the birds to the edge once the birds reach the edge they normally lift and go up to fly over the guns where they're waiting for them, have you done that As I've a, done a lot of beating i've have? done much i've done any shooting, but I've done the beating part uh-huh. of it um, it's a big it's a big sport where we are
1: yeah we've done a few hunts like that here at sportsman's club, so Warren Valley Sportsman's Club is one near Waukesha that a lot of listeners will recognize, um, and I've done a couple of driven hunts there in, in past years. Imitating the European style, the British style of hunting, but it was the same thing. We have pheasants in the uh, cover, and beaters with long sticks, and dogs, and uh, folks waiting at the end on uh, gravel driveways or drives, and uh, <clears throat> getting shooting as the birds flew over. Well, I hope you can come back and visit us again.
7: Yeah, I would love to. I'll try to get a fish next time, yeah. and maybe a bit of shooting as well, depending yeah. on the weather.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today and safe travels when you and your mom go home. And we hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Bye, everyone. I've been talking with Robert Pickford, who's on his way back to Scotland after spending several days here up in Bayfield with my son, John, and his wife, Sally Ann. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this.
4: Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Niceta National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petonwell.com or on Facebook
5: at Castle Rock Petonwell Lakes Association.
3: Get
4: outside and let us be your guide Florence County, Wisconsin
3: Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the exploreflorencecounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip.
1: If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms makes and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com.
5: The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com.
0: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
4: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And they got great deals on new and used boats, so check out their website and Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Castle Rock and Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com. And Cedar Lake Sales was doing all kinds of test rides this last weekend at the uh, Merck Nationals, and uh, looked like people were having a, a great time getting to ride with some of the you know names in the walleye world and sure uh on some beautiful boats uh, i think they yeah. had uh, a ranger uh, uh not, uh, not i think they they had a ranger there but uh, wasn't part of the cedar lake family. yeah they don't sell rangers they. uh but they had uh yarcraft and uh nitros there things like
1: that camus too i think was one of them yep the
4: camus was there yep,
1: yep yep well good i'm glad some folks got a chance to try them out Well, if you missed our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, I keep getting questions about that uh, as I travel around the state. Or if it's not airing in your area now, and that's the case with a lot of stations that used to carry it, you can watch past episodes online at milwaukeepbs.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin, the last several years of that show, are archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel.
4: You can check out this radio program and take it with you. Download it uh, and listen on the go at lake-link.com. Go to Outdoors Radio and you can download it there. Follow Dan on social media at Dan Small Outdoors and follow me at Hardwater Jeff.
1: The Northern Zone Smallmouth Bass Season opens this weekend. <clears throat> you can get a map of the Northern Zone. It basically follows Highway 77 from the west and uh, goes down 27 and then. Over on 64, I think, but check it out. Uh, the DNR website has a map, and now um, you can catch and keep them if you want to. We probably should have fished smallmouths, so although we were targeting walleyes because we wanted to get something that we could eat if we if we uh, were any if we were fortunate, which didn't happen. The DNR is also accepting applications for the Learn to Hunt Deer program at Sand Hill Wildlife Area. That's through July 1st. You can pick up details on the DNR website. My son, John, and I hunted there many, many years ago when he was, uh, I think, 14. And uh, they still carry on these uh, learn-to-hunts and special hunts there. It's a great opportunity. And the DNR has also released preliminary totals. I don't know if you saw this, Jeff, for the 2022 spring turkey harvest, 39000 and change, up about 7% from last year. There you go. Yeah. So... uh I managed to get one, so I'm in there somewhere. (laughs) Well, don't forget Martin Fest next weekend at Marsh Haven Nature Center. That's east of Wapan on Highway 49. And our friends at Ballard's Black Island Resort are offering a two-for-one summer deal. It's a great opportunity for an incredible fishing experience on Lake of the Woods. I was up there twice in the last several years. You can catch lots of walleyes, smallmouths, northerns, perch, crappies, and even a few muskies if you target them. Could be the trip of a lifetime for a couple, a father-son, father-daughter team. And I don't think they'll be offering this many times uh, from here on out, but they're doing it this year because of uh, reduced business uh, in COVID. And they want to increase their, uh, you know, their market share and get some more folks up there. So check out blackisland.com for details. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, have a great tournament over there in Escota, Michigan. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Dan. And, folks, get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. It's
3: on one cold leg
5: When the loon cries lover In the blue north wind,
3: I'll be trolling home to
5: you. When my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel, when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to
2: lure.
5: When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey I'll be trolled